You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Very good. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. It's good to have you with us. It's a, it's a great day to be alive in the kingdom. As we're finishing up uh, Colossians from the Passion Translation, I thought, well, you know, we're getting ready for Easter. You realize Easter's four weeks away. I mean, it is just upon us. It's amazing how that happens every year. And I thought this, these last exhortations uh, in chapter four of Colossians would be a great way to just kind of set the tone for how we want to approach this Easter, this Easter season. Um, It's real easy for the church to be ingrown. It's real easy for us to to get into our our small groups and into our church services and and into those little little us for no more type of mentality. And we lose the vision of what we're to be as far as salt and light in the earth. And uh, I thought this was some really, really wonderful stuff that we find in Colossians chapter four. We'll begin at verse two. Be faithful to pray as intercessors who are fully alert and giving thanks to God. And please pray for me that God will open a door of opportunity for us to preach the revelation of the mystery of Christ for whose sake I am imprisoned. Pray that I would unfold and reveal fully this mystery for that is my delightful assignment. Walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers and make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Father, we just ask the the blessing uh, from above upon the word today. Holy Spirit, come and make the word active, alive, uh, penetrating our innermost parts and bringing the full effect for which you have sent it to the earth. And for this, we'll be eternally grateful. Amen. Be faithful to pray. I like that. I love prayer. That's what I'm talking about. Prayer is, is being with God. Being with God sometimes, even when you use your words. A lot of times we think prayer is talk. Prayer is not always talk. Prayer, prayer is the posture of our being next to his being. And sometimes there's no need for words. Matter of fact, sometimes when we quiet ourselves and we get all the noise and the distractions out of our life and we come before the Lord, mm, we can hear what he's saying to us. Anybody want to hear the Lord? Yes. You want to hear the Lord? Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think listening is a great idea. Yet some of us have come up in traditions where prayer is always about talking. And I find that the more I talk, the less he talks. And the less I talk, the more he talks. And so it's like, okay, Lord, clear my ears, 
literally and figuratively and spiritually, and let me hear what you're saying. What is it that you want to say? And you know, sometimes uh, he, he usually wants to tell you how much he loves you. So don't be surprised that the first thing you hear is, Lisa, I love you, because he does. You know, so you're, you're going you're gonna to hear expressions of his love. But sometimes you, you can put yourself before him in a way that you can hear for another. And all of a sudden he starts putting things on your heart. That was kind of the foundation of my trip to Florida last week. Because uh, during morning watch, I was over here praying and the Lord was putting on my heart my nephew and his, and his girlfriend who had just lost a baby. And I, I, I'd known it, it, it a month has, had gone by, six weeks had gone by, and I hadn't, hadn't felt any drawing. But when I got to the place where I was quiet before the Lord and I could hear him, I could sense that he was leading me to go down to Florida and spend time with them. And I communicated to them, even though my mother's there, whom I love very much, my number one priority was them. I had come because God had sent me to be with them. So we had about eight, nine hours of counseling. Uh, probably 60% of it was grief therapy. And probably 40% was just updating and just in, in enhancing and blessing their relationship with the Lord. And it was such a beautiful healing time with them. When we come and we're intercessors, when, when we take care to pray, we take care to pray. We, we always want to pray for what's going on with us. But prayer has got to go beyond that. We've got to get to where we're praying for others. Or we're listening to God. And as we listen to God, he starts to place burdens on our hearts for others. He starts sharing his heart of what he wants to do in other people to our heart. And that's really, really amazing as he does that. Then we have a real sense of purpose when we encounter them throughout the day. We know that God has already placed them on our heart. And sometimes that can be the motivation or the inspiration to make a phone call, to tax them, to make some kind of connection to just find out how they are. I've got one on my heart today. I need to text as soon as we're done with service. While we were worshiping, I was, I was concerned about a, a little one. I thought I need, to, I need to check on that. See what's going on there. If we, as we get into his presence, we, we get his heart. We hear his heart. We hear his, what he's feeling, what his compassions are for those that, that come across your pathway. And when you get that, don't think that you're just having a sentimental thought about a friend or a loved one. Realize that this is the Lord and he's wanting you to come in agreement with his purposes for that person. And that's intercession. That's what we're doing. We need to be fully alert. He gives us some, some things. He says, as, 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 be, as we're being faithful to pray as intercessors, we need to be fully alert and giving thanks. Oh, yeah. Now, if you go back to chapter 3, verses 15, 16, and 17, we have the word for thanksgiving in all three verses. It's, you'll, you'll find that over and over again, the key in our connection and our conversation with God is always a continuous thanksgiving. Let's be thankful. Let's be alert and be thankful. 
I, I just really don't like when I'm not alert. Do, do, you know what I mean? You're not alert. You're, you're dull as a, an ox. You're, you're just dense as can be. Uh, you're there and you've got nothing but slumber and fatigue upon you and the weariness and it's weighing you down and you're tired and you're, uh, and, and yet we're, we're called to be fully alert as we go to intercession. <laughs> Bless RB. He's leading worship on last Wednesday morning for morning watch. I'm the only one here and I'm not here. <laughs> I am not fully alert. I mean, I am so fatigued, still catching up from Florida, but I, I want to be here. And, and as I'm here, it's like... <sighs> oh, Jesus. Did I snore too loud, Rick? Did it? You didn't hear it? Okay, good. There's a difference between fully alert and being just exhausted. When we go to intercession, sometimes we don't get to choose where we are physically. We don't get to choose if we had a full night's sleep. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're working all night at our job, and then we get the word of, of, of grandma passing, and we go to prayer. It doesn't matter that we're tired. So sometimes fatigue's not a factor, but, you know, it's, it's like getting fully alert. That's where we, we need to learn how to draw upon the resources of the supernatural and ask the Holy Spirit to quicken us, to make us alive, to bring us full, full alert, full senses so that we can engage in intercession. And when Stephanie got born, Debbie didn't check with me when she should go into labor. It'd been a full day of ministry starting early in the morning And at two o'clock in the morning, Stephanie decides she's, well, she's born then. So before that, I think it was 10 o'clock. And I just saying, oh, Lord, can we please put this off for 24 hours, 12 hours, eight hours sleep? You know, you can really feel, I can feel the empathy for me, you know, knowing what I'm going to endure in, in delivering this child and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, I am so out of gas. There's just no but you suck it up and you get the grace to cheer your wife on. Push, push, push. No, coach of the year. And Stephanie was the easiest of all three births. She was the easiest and just, just amazing. Um, but I, I say that to just say, sometimes you don't get to select, but the admonition is still there. Be fully alert. For us, sometimes you have to do the Rick Baumgartner means a full alert. A quad espresso <laughs> from Starbucks. Yeah. Whenever we're called to intercession, there is a real sense that this should be a lively, a lively engagement. It should be fully with all our faculties, we're, we're pressing in. But when the fatigue comes in, sometimes we have to, to ask for special, special grace to stay alert and to pray. We don't want to run out of oil like the five virgins. Don't want to do that. Let's keep our lamps trimmed. 
So be fully alert, giving thanks, always giving thanks. And oftentimes when we start giving thanks, that really brings us into a focus. It brings us out of, out of the dreariness and out of uh, just the dullness into it. And then here's, here's what we pray for. Paul says, pray for me. Pray for me. I love it. He's writing this letter. Pray for me. So who's the me that you're supposed to pray for? I wouldn't pray for Paul. He's already in glory. He's good. But pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. Please pray for all those that are, that are ministering of the word of the Lord. Pray for every believer. Pray for those who have responsibilities. Pray for those that are in leadership. Uh, pray for your husbands. Pray, pray for your fathers. Pray for those that have authority. Pray for your parents, your, your mothers, your wives. Pray. But the special emphasis is for those that are presenting the word. He says, pray for me that I'll, I'll see the open door of opportunity, that doors of opportunity open for me to preach the gospel. And pray for me for the revelation of the mystery of Christ for which he's imprisoned. Now, I don't, I don't know. Do, do you ever read the scriptures and kind of get a little funny side? As I'm reading this letter, you know, I, I, Paul's saying, now, be intercessors, pray, be careful to pray. The last, you know, last chapter. So he's really hitting it hard. Pray, pray for me. Pray for me that I'll have opportunities, open doors. Where is he? He's in prison. <laughs> he remembers how, how, how Peter got out of, out of jail. You know, pray for open doors, you know, uh, for, for those things. I, I thought that was kind of fun. I thought, oh, wow, he's in prison. He's asking them to pray for the doors to open. But we understand what he's saying. He's, he, he's saying for those doors of opportunity, doors of opportunity. I'm convinced more and more, the older I get, the longer I've been walking in this journey of faith, that we have opportunities to share Jesus way more often than we're aware of. We pass them up, we pass them up, and we don't even see them. Sometimes they're not even on our radar. But hopefully, hopefully in these days, we're going to be more and more sensitive to opportunities to share the love of God in practical, wonderful ways that will have an impact in people's lives. We really want to, to do this. And that's why I think this Easter season, man, this is just a wonderful time Yay. to really hear this admonition to pray for the opportunities for doors to open. And some of us, as you ask God to open the door of opportunity for you to, to share Jesus and open the revelation of the mystery of Christ to another person, as that happens, it gets really awkward to take that first step through that open door. And many of us will have the Holy Spirit setting us up all this week with opportunities. Holy Spirit going before. He's, he's paving the way. And the thing of it is, don't discount the ones that you're most familiar with, okay? Don't, don't, 
If, if you go every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and exercise with the silver slippers, <laughs> have family fun and fitness, and you're always next to the same person who's exercising, and this week, all of a sudden, they have something going on in their body. It may be a door of opportunity for you to just say, could I pray for your leg, for your back, for your bunion? Could I, could I pray for whatever it is and use that as a door of opportunity to just slip in and to release the love of God and see what happens. These, one of the things that we got to get trained at, and I know this is Sunday morning service, this isn't, you haven't come to a seminar on an evangelism or anything, but, but training is, is learning how the Holy Spirit will lead and give you door opening moments into people's lives. It's just a, it's just a door opening moment. And, and in that moment, as you walk through that door of opportunity, you never know where it's going to end. You don't have to force the gospel. The moment may just be a moment of kindness and love and expression that gets built over and over and over until we get to the final part of this letter where they want you to explain your life to them because they've seen something that's attracted them. And then you present the Lord Jesus. But sometimes you have a door opening moment and you go in and the Holy Spirit has been working behind the scenes and you don't even know it. He's brought agents of his love from the right and left and into their lives. And now you're the one that goes through and you get to tell them about Jesus. Just by a little act of kindness, you do something and, and that makes a, an introduction and you don't realize it, but you just open the door to a gold mine and you get to go through and you get to share the love of God in a salvation transforming way with another person. Does that sound fun? We love babies around here. And as we've got babies in the natural, we're gonna have babies in the spiritual. And so we need to be aware that we are midwives in the kingdom and it's time to be about the father's business of birthing the babies that he has for us to care for. So we need to be ready. Let's get ready. So it starts with prayer. We go into intercession. We're fully alert. We're giving thanks. We ask for prayer, for open doors, opportunities. And then the last part is prayer that we can unfold and reveal fully this mystery. Folks, anytime you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're sharing a mystery to, to the unbeliever that is so foreign, they, they do not get it if they've never been in, around a, a, a Christian body. They, they don't understand it. And so when, when you're sharing the Christ, you're revealing Jesus, either through a demonstration of his love, praying for a part of them that gets healed, and then they're open and they're invited into a relationship with Christ, uh, it's, it's kind of foreign to them. And we need the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom because we're not giving an Amway presentation. We're, we're giving an opportunity for a real relationship to be introduced. And that's what we want to do is we want to introduce them to our best friend. We want to introduce them to Christ Jesus.
So then it gets to a second imperative. Be faithful in prayers. One, walk in the wisdom of God. And this is in the context of being around unbelievers. Walk in the wisdom of God. We know we got to have the wisdom of God if we're in the church because you got to navigate all the theological landmines that will offend people. So Lord, give us wisdom so that you know, I don't offend you know, so-and-so because they think you're coming back before the tribulation. Or no, no, we don't know what it is, but walk in the wisdom of God, especially as we live our lives in front of unbelievers. To make him known is our duty. Tell your neighbor, you have a duty to make Jesus known in the earth. To make Jesus known, you got a duty. Make it your duty to make him known. Make it your duty to make him known. Oh, I love that expression. Have mercy. Uh-huh. I deputize you all in Jesus' name to make him known. Make him known. Don't make yourself known. Make him known. Make him known. Right on. Mm-hmm. I went past a church in Sarasota and it says, uh, had the name of the church and it said, Making Jesus Famous. And I thought, wow, I like that. Let's make Jesus famous. Make him known. That's our duty. Mm -hmm. And he says, let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. Wow. So we make him known. And one of the ways that we make him known is with our words and have our words drenched with grace. I don't know about you, but when I think of drenched, oftentimes I think of when I'm drenched in a rainstorm or when I take my favorite salad dressing and put it on my salad and I drench it. Oh, I love that. Olive Garden. Oh, yes. You can't put too much of that on the lettuce. Never, never. Drenched with grace. And our words need to be drenched with the grace of God. The grace of the Holy Spirit. Tempered with truth and clarity. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this about what's happening in this new generation that are walking in a love relationship with God and, and they're moving into their prophetic giftings and their words are so filled with love, so gracious, so dripping. Tony Costa was with us last Thursday, and I mean, it was drenched. His words were drenched in grace, love. It was the most awesome. Get a copy. We we got a CD. Our sales today should go up to pay for the rest of the CDs of the rest of the year. It was so wonderful. You'll want to hear him because he's talking about the kingdom and he's sharing his testimony and some other things. Just wonderful. But when he started praying for us and he started prophesying to us and he started ministering to us, we got to see Colossians 4 in action. 
His words were drenched with grace. Now the context of last Thursday was in the church, but that's the same context that our words are supposed to be when we're out in the marketplace, when we're outside the walls of the church. Our words should be drenched with grace. I don't know if you've seen those kind of Jekyll Hyde Christians that, you know, they're just sweet and lovely and just, just adorable while they're at church. And then they get out of church and you think they just got off a submarine or something. You know, they're cussing like a sailor. They're just, you know, they're mean as snakes. When I was in seminary, I, I, I managed Asbury Manor, which was a retirement home for World Gospel and OMS International Missionaries. And we only had one person that really qualified for residency there. The rest were professors' mothers that lived there from the college or the, or, or the seminary. But I had one retired missionary that was there. And when her friends came, she was adorable. When her door shut, she was meaner than a snake. And I'm, the Lord and I had many conversations. I said, Lord, I don't get this. This lady has served you in China. She has loved, she, you know, she's done so much for you. But she is the meanest person. And the way she treats everybody else was just unbelievable to me. Can I give you a hint? If you're going to screw up, do it in church. When you get outside of church, then be dripping and drenched with grace. I just thought, that is so crazy. And the people that knew her would come and would shout her praises and how wonderful, wonderful she was. And I saw a side of her that was completely different. I saw a sight of her what happened when the cameras weren't rolling. And it was, it was ugly. It was just flat out ugly. I thought, oh, don't be like that. The context of this verse that your, your words are dripping with grace is in the context of dealing with unbelievers. Let your love show forth through your words and tempered with truth and clarity. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about Tony as well. He called me up uh, the after and he says, listen, I, I need all the feedback that, that you guys can give me. You know, where I missed it on my words, you know, where I, I, I wasn't on, let me know. You know, when I gave a prophetic word, if that, you know, what, what rang true and what didn't ring true, have people email me, get in touch with me, let me know what's going on, because he wants to grow in ministry and ministering in the prophetic. I just really respected Tony for that because we want to temper with truth and clarity. We just don't want to give gushy, drenchy, lovey stuff that's not true. If you come up to me and you say, I really like the way you're wearing your hair today. It is so amazing. Is that new detergent? Did you get you know a new you know cleanser, softener, or whatever? And don't, temper it with truth. Now, careful, Chuck. You'd be nice back there. 
said detergent. I mean, maybe that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. Yes. So we've got to temper it with truth and clarity. Don't you love it when someone is able to take something that's really complex and make it real clear so that you understand it? You know, we get that with Putty Putman in, in the School of Kingdom Ministry. He takes some of the, uh, some of the theological things that can be so difficult, and he, he's got a gift of taking difficult things and make it, making it easy and clear to understand. And I love that. Pray for me in the preaching that I can preach more clearly so that you can get it, so that we can, we can grow together. That's really, really important. And then he says, as we do all of that, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. We'll be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about our faith. Kill them with deeds of kindness. Kill them with love. Kill them with kindness until they open the door and say, what makes you tick? And then you get to tell them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd close with this word from Romans chapter 15, verse 13 in the Passion Translation. What a benediction. I love this one. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. He inspires us and he is the one that just gushes forth hope in our lives. Fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Yes. No doubt about it. Now, is that a blessing for Easter or what? that the Holy Spirit would come upon you until you are just radiating hope everywhere you go. Because Easter means hope. Easter means hope. There's resurrection. And for a world that doesn't know Jesus, everything, all their options are so restricted and so limited, and there's, there's only so many choices that they have. But as we radiate hope, oh, we blow the evil one's lies up. He can't paint us in a corner to where we feel like there's nothing else that we can do but to go and medicate our pain in a certain way. No, the hope that radiates because of the Holy Spirit. So let's be dangerous this Easter. Oh boy. Let's be loaded with hope. Let's radiate hope. Let's, let's look for those opportunities, those open doors, the ways in which we can speak words that are drenched with grace, that are clear and true, but drenched with grace. And let's not lose the opportunity of the super familiar that's around us. Oh. Lord, don't let us miss the open doors this week. 
And I pray that as we walk through doors this week, we'd see more doors open even next week. And as we walk through those doors, may we see even more doors open the next week. And I pray that there would be fruit that would be manifested as we walk through doors, that we'd begin to have relationships and that we could invite people to come and grow with us. That we could invite people to come and know you as their Lord and Savior. That we could invite people to know you as the best friend of all friends. Hmm. May we invite people to be a part of the family that you've adopted us into. So God, fill us to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as we trust in you. And let your Holy Spirit continually surround our lives with his superabundance until we all radiate with hope. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sure can. Come on up. Half of you may just think, be thinking now, oh, no, we got to stay a little bit longer. Thank you. Let me, uh, <laughs> I'm going to share something that happened to me Friday that um, uh, really, it, it, it goes right along with Rick's whole sermon today in this passage from Colossians. And I, I share this to give glory to God. There's nothing good about me in this at all. It, but I got to be used. And so, and it has to do with an open door. So here's what happened. Friday morning, I was with the Colmes when um, the news came out that, that, that surgery was over and Ray didn't have cancer. And I'll tell you, it was, it was a spiritual experience. The Holy Spirit was just um, in that part of the waiting room when the news came out and we were all embracing and crying and everything. It was, it was really neat. So I, I, then I left the hospital, and, but I, I don't know that my feet were touching the ground because I just was so overwhelmed by the generosity and love of God in uh, that, that, that result. So um, I, I'm driving out, and I went, in, I went out of the hospital in a different way than I went in, I, I, in, in my car, and, uh, and I don't know why I did it. There was no reason to. I just, but I went out where there was a stoplight, and I thought, okay. So I'm stopped at this stoplight, and I, I had noticed out of the corner of my eye there was a person standing there. It didn't mean a thing to me. This person came over and knocked on my window, and so I put the window down, and she said, uh, I had to come to the emergency room this morning, and now I, I don't have any way to get home. Could you take me to Beach Grove? Now, I'm 68 years old, and I was, I've been driving since I was 17. I have never in my life picked up a hitchhiker. So 51 <laughs> years, no hitchhiker. Plus, she was in her 20s. She had several facial face rings on, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I, I, I've got nothing against that, but I am totally intimidated by a young person with a lot of facial metal. So, and she said, I'll, I'll give you $5. And so I said, well, here, get in. So I cleared a space for her and she got in. And so we're driving. And, and so I started talking to her and um, found out she, she'd come to the emergency room because she had been throwing up and they couldn't find anything wrong with her. And it took us about 10 minutes to get to where she wanted to be dropped off. And we're, we're carrying on this conversation. And it's about halfway through when the Holy Spirit finally says, Rick, do you see this as an open door? And I go, no, what? open door, really, come on. So um, I say this, 
I, I really, I think God was poking fun at me too because not only does, do I pick up a hitchhiker for the first time in my life, but it's a young person I'm intimidated by. But anyway, so we, we get to where she wants to be dropped off and I'm, I'm looking this after about halfway through and when I finally see this as an open door, I'm thinking, okay, I've got an opportunity to pray. I've got to watch for it. And, and she said, you know, we, we get to where we, we were going and, and I was never going to take any money, but she offered me the $5 and, and I said, I don't want your money, but can I pray for you? And so I just, I just asked that, that Jesus would show his great love for her and bring healing to her. You know, it was a simple prayer. Her name is Stacy. I'll probably never see her again. But I'm believing that God started something there in her life. Young woman, three children. The oldest one is nine. And I really think she was in, the, in her 20s. Not married. Comes from a poor part, part of town. But I think God touched her with, with his love. And so I'm just believing that what, he, what was started there in Stacy's life will continue. So I say that to you. If you're reluctant, like me, if you're shy... You, God can just put those open doors into your life whether you want to or not. That, and that whole thing happened without a thought on my part. It was like, I was just, I know God doesn't treat us like puppets, but it was almost like I was just a puppet. Um, he, he had just put me right where he wanted me, and he brought all those conditions together, and I was able to pray for her. So I, I just rejoice in that. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Yeah, sometimes we're we're fishers of men, and the fish jump into the boat. That's good. That's how we catch a whopper. Okay. If you have a need today, we want to be open to pray for you. Feel free to come to the front. We'll be happy to pray. Outside of that, know that this is a wonderful, glorious day to radiate hope. Yes. We're going to have an opportunity practically at 2 o'clock to radiate hope to about 50, 60 families as they come through our food pantry. So if you're looking for a place to apply today's message, come and join us and, and let's, uh, let's radiate hope to some people uh, and, and bless them. So Father, we thank you for your love. We lift up Stacy. We thank you for the opportunity to pray for her and to speak into her life. And now we pray, Father, for your other agents of your love to come into Stacy's life until she knows and that she knows that she knows that she is yours, your daughter, and that she's been bought with a price. And Lord Jesus, you're the wonderful price. And so, Father, we pray that we would radiate uh, to all those in our sphere of influence. We pray especially for the outreach today, that we would reflect your love, that you would drench our words with grace, and make them truthful and clear. And may we be light and salt today, radiating the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.